Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 39 of Missed Conceptions. I'm your host, David White. And I know it just seems like episode 38 just came out. That's because it did. It came out last week. Uh, the reason we're putting two episodes back to back is so that we can take a break from Thanksgiving on through until January. We're wanting to take a break for the holiday season just to relax, to have some time with family, uh, so I can spend some of my free time writing because November is National Novel Writing Month, and I said I was going to do that. And as of now, I have not. Uh, so I'm just going to take some time. You know, we're all going to take time. Uh, however, do not be afraid. This is not a hiatus. We are not going anywhere. In fact, this weekend, after this episode is released, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we are making a trip down to where Jaime is so that we can record some episodes with him. So, misconceptions does not go anywhere. You don't have to worry. We're not going to use the dreaded hiatus term for our podcast. Uh, we are still here. We are still going to be making episodes, but we just wanted to take a break for the holiday season. Uh, and we are sorry to those of you that are going to miss listening to us. Maybe we were going to be your uh, center of respite during the uh, tumultuous holiday season. Hey, but you know what? There's there's some other episodes you can listen to. There's those great holiday episodes from last year, our side quest episodes, if you haven't listened to any of those. Uh, but we will be back for you after the new year. Uh, and I would like to dedicate this episode to Stan Lee. Uh, I know some people have, you know, mixed opinions about Stan Lee and, you know, how he conducted his business early on. Uh, but I would I want to dedicate this episode to Stan Lee. The, the characters that he created and that he helped create, the universe that he made, uh, it was a huge inspiration to me. Uh, his stories and his characters have such an impact on my life. Uh, and I mean, just looking around the table right now as I'm recording this, it's littered with superhero stuff. Um, he was a luminary. He was inspirational. He definitely inspired me. Uh, and I don't think misconceptions would be the same without Stan Lee's influence. So before we get to this episode, I'm, I just want to take a moment to dedicate this this episode to the great Stan Lee. Excelsior, Stan. Thanks for all the stories you gave us. struggling to remember what happened um Bill called Pablo no it was Deja yes Bill called Deja for my phone I've got to remember never to give my phone to Bill okay I'll put that away um and oh what was it I went up to the rooftop with Faye and a giant AC unit was thrown on me probably Faye's fault Definitely not mine. Um, let's see. 
Man, my head still hurts. It's not oh, as bad as it was, but it's getting better. Um, let's see. Something happened between me and Deja. Yeah, I just can't remember. Maybe someone else will fill me in. Previously on Misconceptions, the uh, the crew is harboring some missing children in a uh, apartment building. Um, don't don't necessarily know what Faith's plan is with that. But while you were talking to them about this mysterious uh, group of children called the Rat Pack, um, that might have to do with a string of missing children in the city. Um, Bill received a phone call from Pedro, the former uh, drug dealer. Uh, He said that somebody had been following him. The group went to investigate. They found him at Esther's bar. uh, And Faye and Rin saw a shadowy figure, maybe the person that was following Pedro. Uh, They went to pursue. Uh, The pursuit was brief as the figure threw an industrial... AC unit at Faye and Rin. Faye definitely dodged out of the way, but Rin was not so lucky, getting concussed, and then Faye had to drag him back to the bar where three of the four of you questioned Pedro on exactly who this person was, why they would be following him, all that jazz. (laughs) Maggie is playing with a friend right now. And um, meanwhile, Rin was operated on by his employee, Deja. Um, And while Deja was trying to fix these servos in Rin's head and from the concussion and all of that, she slipped him a kiss. Nobody else saw it. It was very quiet. And just for a moment, and we don't even know if Rin remembers because he was concussed. So... It, like, clip the audio. Yep. For all of our listeners, once again, Maggie is playing with a friend, and the friend is Zach and Tessa's dog. <laughs> so, if you hear them rustling around on the ground, that's what they're doing. So, this episode opens up with uh, a shot of an antique shop. There are these vases with ornate designs. There are... Uh, masks from different tribes around the world. Uh, In glass cases, there are like uh, weapons, like spears, ancient swords. Uh, It's just this old, dusty, and of course there are less interesting things like a rocking chair, a uh, uh, a quilt, uh, different different less interesting things. But uh, as this scene is opening up, we see Pedro at the counter behind the counter he's kind of dusting some things off dressed for work uh and we see a person leaving through the front of the building he is silhouetted uh but pedro calls after him and says have a have a nice day mr lestrange and we see a shadowed hand wave and we see this shadowy person walk out into the street um pedro kind of sits there for a little bit looks at all looks at everything around the shop uh, nervous, kind of looking out through the glass windows that lead onto the street front. Um, but then all of a sudden, he gets a call from somebody. His phone is ringing. He looks at it, looks around to see if anybody's in the shop. Of course, it's not. Uh, and then he answers the phone. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yo. Hey, Pedro, how's it going? 
uh, yeah, it's good, man. Everything's great. I can't wait for you to pick me up from work today. Yeah, so uh, about that. Um, we were going to be able to make it, but something came up with uh, Ren and his servo, so we're going to have to uh, take him to get patched up, and we really just aren't going to be able to make it out there. Yo. Uh, so you're on your own. Yeah, damn, dog. I thought I was paying you to do more than this. I, uh, I guess you could just keep your money. Um, you try calling someone else. I'm never trusting you again. And he hangs up. <laughs> and he kind of wipes. We see him wipe some sweat away from his brow. <laughs> and then uh, he does a final round around everything, checks, makes sure everything is in place. Then we cut to an exterior shot. He is closing up the door. We see the light sign go off. He locks it, and he starts walking down the street. Uh, I'm going to assume the camera, like, pans away. Do we see y'all, like, watching him as he walks down the street? We're in an unmarked car. <laughs> Please, Bill, tell us what your car looks like on this episode. It's a Plymouth. <laughs> All right. Somebody, for the love of God, write down what he's about to say, because we will need to refer to it later. <laughs> I want to know what make and model his car is. <laughs> It's a Ford probe. <laughs> I already wrote down Plymouth. <laughs> yeah, you can't take it back now. It's written down. All right. And it's multicolored because every time something happens to like a panel and it gets bent, he just goes to the junkyard and like gets another piece and it doesn't matter what color it is. So it's like an old rust bucket. Okay. But it, sure but it works. Rust bucket. <laughs> it's a Plymouth rust bucket. <laughs> Official make and model. It's a Buick LeSabre. <laughs> a blue, blue Buick LeSabre. I mean, you have said you have said it's a Buick LeSabre before. I remember that. Yeah. Another episode you did. Say I also it said it was like a Grand Marquis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Oldsmobile. Yeah. <laughs> I like the I like the theme that your car is secretly a rift of the horse and carriage from a Wizard of Oz <laughs> that always changes colors in every scene. That's like that's my favorite fan theory. That I came up with about my own show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else, like totally. No, that, that's totally me. I could hear Vince completely kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we see him walking down. You're all sitting in this unmarked car, beat up. Uh, is there any conversation going on? What are y'all all doing? Ren, for the last time, we're not gonna turn up the radio. <laughs> like to listen to techno music. Just use your brain to play music in your head or something because we're not turning it up. I don't think you actually know how my brain works. It doesn't. I can listen to music on anyone's radio if I want to. So he kind of walks down the, uh, the sidewalk. You don't see anybody else walking on the sidewalk. Uh, seems like a, a quiet night. Can we say that one of us is not in the van? And it's just kind of like... Sure. Who's not in the van? Are so Bill and Ren are obviously in the van. Right. So are you, in, you, are you and Esther, like, rooftop in it? Yeah. Yeah. L we'll do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So then we cut from Bill and Ren arguing to the top of a rooftop where we cut to a different angle of... Uh, Pedro, like, turning around a corner and walking down and across the street up on a rooftop. 
Faye and Esther, what kind of conversation are you having? I just don't understand why you aren't willing to let them come live with us. I mean, they're so cute, and they're very sweet. Okay, those aren't the words I would use to describe the juvenile delinquents that are living next door to us. They're not juvenile delinquents. They're just children who need a different path. Yes, and they've chosen a different path by running away from home. Well, sure. I mean, if you were getting beat up, wouldn't you run away from home? Do you know they were getting beat up? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to doubt them. As they're talking, like, and walking behind him in between buildings, Faye's, like, creating vine bridges that they just, like, oh, like okay. walking like, over. Like, subconsciously, like, it, it crawls up and connects, and y'all just walk across it. Right. So we're just, just like, to arguing. The next roof and walking across <laughs> walking rooftops. Walking across rooftops. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Don't make me push you. That's super cool. Oh, you would not yeah, push me. So I would cool. catch myself. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a good citizen here. Okay, but just because you're a good citizen doesn't mean you have to invite everybody into our home. Well, where else are they going to go? They're fine living next door. Well, I mean, they're okay there, but I could teach them. I could be a homeschool teacher. Okay, we'll do that in the apartment next door. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to leave these kids to drink Coke and eat chips for the rest of their days. It doesn't matter who they're living with. That's what they're going to do. Because if you notice, we're still not at home. Well, you're, you're not wrong there. Okay, mm-hmm. so as y'all are walking and talking, uh, you see blue and red flashing lights kind of like around the block that in the direction Pedro's walking in. So if he turns another corner, he will be on this street where these red and blue flashing lights are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill and Ren, whenever he walked around the corner out of you, did you pull the car kind of around to the corner to keep an eye on him. Yes. We we wait several, well, like a minute or two, and then we okay. pull it around. Okay, so you because pull we're up. communicating with them. Yeah, so you pull up to the on. stop sign, um, and you see Pedro walking down the alleyway, still unmolested, still, I mean, there. I guess there are some people walking, but Faye, you remember the build of this pursuant, and nobody matches that build. No one is close to it. Um, but you see the red and blue flashing lights around the corner. Uh, uh, you two wouldn't from your vantage point. I push the button for my comms. Okay. We've got company around the corner. What? What kind of company? The blue and red kind. The ice cream truck? Oh, dear God. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, are they stopping Pedro? No. They were there before. I mean, as long as Pedro just keeps minding his business, I mean, he's a functioning citizen in society, not doing any sketchy things, or at least he tells us he's not doing any sketchy things. Mm. I say we just let it play out. Yes, but the GM was very ominous in telling us this. <laughs> Player knowledge. So, Pedro keeps walking. He gets to that intersection, and he, like, turns to walk down that street, but then he hesitates when he sees the red and blue flashing lights. And he, like, kind of, like, pulls his... He's not wearing a coat because it's summer. He, like, kind of 
almost tries to shrink into his shirt and looks back. I, I don't think he knows where y'all are, but he's expecting you to, like, be defending him. So he just, like, you see him looking around for anyone. And then hesitantly and very quickly, he puts his hands in his pockets and just starts, like, making a beeline down that sidewalk. Um, as Faye and Esther, you step across a rooftop to get a vantage point going down this uh, street, um, there is a gap. So, like, if you wanted to make a, not a rope bridge, a vine bridge, it would have to be quite considerable to get across the street to the other rooftop on the other side. But looking uh, down the street from the rooftop vantage, you see, let's say, three squad cars are pulled up kind of on the sidewalk. You see a alleyway on the sidewalk that Pedro's walking down. They are pulled up and they are shining their lights. You see them investigating something that is in this alleyway. Um, and Pedro is just walking towards it. I, I relay that over the thingamabobs. Um, Bums. yes. Oh, <coughs> suggestions? What should we do? Just tell him to walk across the street on the other side. Well, I can't tell him anything. Let's just get closer. We'll get closer. Okay. So we just, uh, we, we're allowed to drive on the street. So yeah. we just turn so you right. Pull, just are slowly. you going to go onto that street or kind of stop at I the corner? Pull up to the interse- we want to pull up to the intersection and like sit, look right and mm-hmm. just kind of wait okay. and see what happens. But we're ready to turn and go. Okay, so you... You pull up to the intersection, the same one that he, Pedro, hesitated at. You see an officer kind of step out of the alleyway and have some sort of conversation with Pedro. And it's very quick. And then Pedro, like, just kind of walks across the road to the other side of the sidewalk and keeps walking on by. I'm going to call Pedro. Okay. You see him from far away. He, he walks across, and then he reaches into his pocket, pulls it out, and looks at it. Yeah. What was that? I don't, I don't know. And you see him kind of craning his neck to get a better vantage point in there, into the alleyway. There's a, there's a couple of them. I see. Like I see some somebody's underneath a sheet. Uh, I didn't I didn't ask me a question, man. I, I ain't got a good reputation with the cops, but it seems like something happened in the alleyway. And you know, whenever I was walking home, like. This alleyway was always full of, you know, hobos, winos, all that stuff. And uh, that, uh, I think whoever was following me always came out of that, that alleyway. Do you think... And you see him kind of adjusting, trying to look past the cars, past the barricade, into the, the alleyway. Do, do you think... Do you think somebody found him? I don't know. Uh, just, <clears throat> just keep going, keep your head down. Yeah, yeah, where? And you see him turning around. Where? Where the hell are you, man? It's better that you don't know. All right. But but you but you got me, right? You good? Yeah, don't worry about it. All right. Turns off the phone, stuffs it in his pocket, and keeps walking briskly down the, the walkway. So... So from your vantage point, Faye and Esther, you see Bill and Ren pull up. You see Pedro cross the cross the street onto the sidewalk. You see him talk on the phone for a little bit, looks around, doesn't see you obviously, and then keep walking down the sidewalk. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to go over the comms. <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? Should we keep following him? Should we check out what's going on? Um, um, try to get a view of what's going on in that alley, and we'll keep, we'll keep following him in the car. Okay. Um, Faye's going to create a ladder for them to, like, or if there's a fire escape or something, for them to climb down the building. Sure. There's a fire escape, on. yeah. Um, and then I guess, because you said it's a distance, right? So we'd need to cross the street mm-hmm. and so then go you back are, up. You are at the building that is next to the intersection that Bill and Ren are parked at. Um, so they're, they're parked going this way, mm-hmm. and I hate using this way and that way for an audio purposes, but they're facing, let's say they're facing north, mm-hmm. and then Pedro's walking down east. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you are on a building that is catty corner to where um, he was walking down. So in order to get to the rooftop that's closest to the alley... You have to go down a fire escape, go across the street that Bill and Ren are parked on, Uh and then go up that building. Okay, we do that. Okay, go down. (laughs) Bill and Ren, while you're, do you sit there kind of watching Pedro walk down the the sidewalk? We we pull out and slowly drive towards the, the crime scene, I guess. Okay. And, like, slowly because Pedro, and then also to maybe see what's going on. Okay, so as you as you are driving by, uh, slowly, you know, rubbernecking, you see three squad cars. You see a barricade is set up in the mouth of the alleyway on the sidewalk. And you see a couple of officers inside the alleyway looking at things. Uh, and you also see there are lined up along the sidewalk, like with their backs against the wall, are a couple of... Um, slovenly dressed and dirty people. You can assume these were the people that were living in that alleyway. Um, Ren, take pictures. You can keep sure. talking. Sorry. I'll just Let kay. me just be your professional photographer. Yeah. So Ren pulls out his cell phone or do you have any other sort of camera you'd use? Okay. No, because the scanner goggles are broken. Yeah. Um, so you pull out your cell phone, you start taking pictures as you drive by. I'm driving. Um, <laughs> one of, one of the officers, the officer that stopped Pedro, kind of looks at you as you drive by, um, but you just you keep. I roll down the. <laughs> do you roll down the? Yeah. Do you roll down Rin's window. Yeah. Okay. So you roll down Rin's windows. Right. So you taking a picture and Rin slowly lowers it. Hey. The officer comes to the car. May I help you, sir? Sirs. What the, what the hell's going on here? Uh, got a call. Some sort of altercation in the uh, the alleyway. Um, looks like there's been a murder. We're investigating. No suspects yet, but uh, we would ask that you do leave this area for your safety. All right. Hope you get him. Just drive off. Well, and then you, you drive off. Meanwhile, Faye and Esther, you are on the rooftop. Logistics don't matter. You are on the rooftop. <laughs> um, so now you are looking into the alleyway. Um, looking into the alleyway, you see the barricade, the police cars I've already talked about, and you see um, the scene of the alleyway. Um, it is dirty. There is trash. You see some uh, like plastic bags and sleeping bags kind of laid out, uh, cardboard boxes. Um, there is a metal trash can 
that kind of has some ash and soot in it, you can assume this is what they used to burn or did burn for, uh, you know, warmth and things during the winter. doesn't look like it's used now. Um, but you see there are five police officers. One of them would be the sixth one. He is on the outside of the barricade kind of, you know, talking to Bill and Wren in the car. But you see there is um, a couple of different little yellow specks and Esther, you would recognize them, and you might even point out that those are like evidence markers. Uh, but the big thing is there is a sheet, a white sheet laid out. You can see blood is seeping through this white canvas. In fact, you see one sheet, and then you see another sheet maybe 10 feet, of, 10 feet away from that one. Another sheet is laid across. There is blood seeping through this one as well. And there is like this swath of blood between the two sheets. Um, which you see the officers are looking around, shining their flashlights in all the dark corners and nooks and crannies and, you know, running their, their hands through their hair, talking to each other in low tones, um, doing their investigation. They rolled an investigate for this, uh, for this <laughs> scene. And they are asking their own MC for their clues. So... <laughs> They're doing an investigation, but that is what you see. Um, could we roll an investigate to see if there's anything else that you didn't just list? Um, I would say that I have shown you all that you could see from your vantage point. If you wanted to get any more probing questions and really, really investigate this, you would need to be down there in the scene. Are any of those sheets big enough to cover up that guy? I don't know. I can't tell. I, we're too high up, but I can't see how we would ever get down there without being seen. We'll just have to get information a different way. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, okay, I mean, I guess let's catch up with the crew. Let's go. Okay. You find your way down. Uh, Bill and Ren, are you following Pedro? Yep. yep. Okay. Pedro walks and walks and he gets to a bus stop and then he's waiting for the bus you do not see anybody pursuing him you haven't seen anybody following him this whole time well it looks like everything's fine I'm sure I'm sure he'll be safe on the bus you know how to drive Yes, I know how to drive. I'm well old enough to drive. I'm just saying, you didn't. Did your brain get. Did that part of your brain, does it still work? Yes, it still works. Alright, don't wreck my car. It's very valuable. Oh, clearly, this rust bucket that you have. It's in better shape than you are right now. So, I'm gonna go get on the bus. You just drive the car and follow us, alright? I guess I can manage that. Alright. And he immediately turns on techno music. Okay, oh so as like the door like squeaks open, and then before you even close it, Ren is like crawled into your seat, turned it to some station, and cranked it all the way up. And you hear this techno music as you close the door quickly behind you, because you don't want to hear that stupid crap. And you start walking down the sidewalk to Pedro. Uh, a bus is pulling up, and Pedro turns and looks at you and like catches your eye and is like. Oh, okay. And he, like, starts walking towards you. And I'm just going to, like, walk past him and, like, run into his shoulder and say, Hey, watch where you're walking, bud. Yo, what? And he looks at you as you walk by. Don't butt me. 
Just watch where you're walking. And then a look of recognition goes over says, Oh yeah. You you watch where you're walking. <laughs> and then he goes stands next to you awkwardly, like side by side, shoulder by shoulder, waiting for the bus to arrive. <coughs> you say anything? No. Okay. <laughs> the bus pulls up, it opens up. You show, you know, pay your whatever. I don't know how to use public transportation. But then you get onto it, <laughs> and uh, you sit down in your seats, and the door closes, and the bus goes on its way. Um, Esther and Faye, you come across the street. You hop into the back of Bill's car. Bill is not in his car, and Ren is listening to very loud techno music. <laughs> Esther doesn't hop in the back. She hops in the front, and she turns the music off. <laughs> uh, can I help you? This is now my car. I control the radio. False. <laughs> <laughs> I'm controlling the radio now, so you can suck it. And then he turns on, turns it to a different radio station, and it's like ska country. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> what weird music stations we have in the city. <laughs> you see a vine pop up and hit the power button and come back. Faye, what are you doing? I have no idea what you're talking about. And so he clicks the power button again and just drives off following the bus. Okay. Any conversations happening that we need to listen in on? Or is everybody riding or driving in silence? Okay, so... There's lots of head nods, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody nodded their head or shook their head. In silence. Uh, so the bus is driving by, and, like, Pedro doesn't sit next to you, Bill, but he, like, sits across the aisle, and he, like, keeps looking at you, almost, like, expectantly, like, waiting for you to say something. I just... I completely ignore him. I'm, like, okay. looking out the window. Okay. So it goes a couple miles, goes a couple stops. It announces a certain stop, and he gets up, looks at you again and then goes to the front of the bus to disembark. I get up and I get off too. Okay. Um, he exits, pays his fee, whatever, and walks to a... Uh, you're, you're now in a, a poor part of the city. Um, there's a poor neighborhood. Uh, but uh, he doesn't walk up to a uh, apartment or tenement building. He walks up to kind of this... Uh, house that almost seems to be leaning in on itself um like the only thing holding it up is i don't know some some law or string of physics seems to be holding this whole place together uh there is a car with the hood up and a tarp thrown over the cab obviously has not been driven in a long time um the grass is basically dead um there's different pieces of trash in the in the uh, front yard as it were but Pedro kind of walks to the uh, what once was a picket fence but is now the ghost of it he walks up to the gate and opens it and looks at you I mean this is this is my, my stop I guess alright I'll come in or I'll come to the door alright <laughs> He, Just going without me. If anything happens, say something. All right. And he 
walks up to the door. Do you you walk with him to the door? I walk. Or you stay I walk, at the gate. I like walk to the door and I like chill against the wall outside the door. Okay. Uh, he knocks on the knocks on the door, opens it a little. Hey, mom. Yo, mama. What you want? It's late. <laughs> Yo, mom. Finally, all right. It's, sorry. He looks back at you and. Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, thanks for walking me to my house, I guess. And he goes inside and closes the door. I'm going to walk around back. Okay. You do, a, like, a quick look around? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do a quick look around. It, I mean, it's dirty. It's filthy. Everything's kind of falling in on itself. There is an old swing set out back that's kind of rusted. Uh, one of the swings, a chain has broken, and now it just kind of pulls on in on itself on the ground, and like the little uh, plastic seat looks like it hasn't been sat in in years. Uh, but you see that in the backyard. Go around. There's a garage just full of junk and boxes. Um, but nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I go look in the window. Okay, you see a uh, in a very old lady, uh, old Hispanic lady, uh, sitting at the, well, she's in the kitchen doing something, uh, but you see, like, this little chihuahua is, like, looking straight at the window at you, just yapping its head off. Uh, Pedro is walking around, kind of taking off his, his shirt. He has a, uh, an A shirt on, or a sleeveless shirt, uh, and they're having some sort of conversation. You can barely hear it through the window. You assume it's just like, how was your day? Why are you bothering me? What kind of money did you make? Stuff like that. I'm going to head back out front then and I guess get in the, get in my car. Yeah. Kick right right As you, as you walk to the front of the house, you see the, your car's pulled up there and the three of them are looking expectantly at you. I'm going to go ahead and get in. I'm going to like open my door and just stare at Ren until he moves. And so Ren, instead of like getting out, pulling a seat back. (laughs) He just like spider crawls back to the back seat. <laughs> oh yeah, because Esther's in the the passenger. Okay, yeah. kicking so Esther he, on the way. Yeah, he crawls yeah. over, and his lanky limbs are like splayed out to the four corners of the car. He's like pressing on Faye and kneeing Esther, and he's not gentle about it. He kind of like flips into the seat, the back seat. Oh my god! Sorry guys, Why? I've got a headache. <laughs> I was concussed last night. Oh my gosh. If you say concussed one more time, don't do it. I'm going to punch you. Yes, you sound very awake. (laughs) So Esther punches Ren. Again. Yeah, again. Concussed. (laughs) Concussed. She punches him like in the arm. Okay. Still, still bruised, but you are not concussed in your arm, at Step least. Step it up by one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we need to investigate that alleyway. And Pedro said that's where, that's where the guy who was following him came from. And if there's dead bodies there, then I mean, there were five cops in that alleyway. We're not getting in there. Yeah, I know, but we know somebody who knows cops. Oh yeah, that's right. Very well. No. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no. Oh, it's Javi. Don't you remember? I remember. Wow, you remember. So you're over your concussion. 
Yeah, so I have a headache now, like I said. Esther sends a text. Okay. What's the text saying? Who are you sending it to? You up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, she sends it to Javi, and it says, um, saw that there was two um, homicides on Meadow Street. Okay, you send that. <gasps> and then you get a text back that says, I heard it was only one. Uh, but well, maybe it was one person split into two, but there was two sheets. Well, he's texting. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So you get a text back that says, I heard it was only one. Sorry, haven't haven't been able to be out a lot. Somebody broke into the morgue tonight. Bum, bum, bum. Any, that's a that's a text you get. Well, that sounds way more interesting. What's going on there? Uh, so now, uh, you get a text back that says, "Actually, you and your friend should probably come on by. It involves you." We go right now. <laughs> Let's go. What? Esther the? reads the text messages to the team. Okay. Faye is like, "Let's go right now." Yeah, Bill, come on. All right. Look alive. Put in the. What's the address? The morgue at the city. Morgue. <laughs> The city's morgue. The city morgue. <laughs> Street. <laughs> Turns the car on and starts driving. Okay. You you get to the city morgue. Uh, there are cop cars outside. Uh, but as you pull up, you see Javi kind of standing in the mouth of an alley. He sees y'all pull up. Uh, he obviously doesn't recognize the car. He's looking for Esther's SUV. But then when he sees all of you get out of it, he looks... Oh. He like waves you over. Get out of the clown car. Yeah. <laughs> and he sees you, and he waves you over to the alleyway. What's going on? And he starts walking down the alleyway, leading you with him. All right. Well, got a call. Uh, somebody had broken into the morgue. They had stolen a body. Uh, pretty weird. I don't know why somebody's stealing a body, but uh, then I heard what body was stolen. Uh, and he pauses at the door and looks at you. The name Marcus Malcolm. Does that ring any bells with you? <laughs> that was the, the. It does, but remind us why it does. <laughs> the drug dealer. Yes. Oh yeah, he got his head like it was. Shot off. It was Pedro's drug supplier. Do you have any leads? Uh, we have some. Uh, there was a camera in the morgue. Uh, the uh, the medical assistant was not there when it happened, but we do have uh, some video footage, and we're, we're surveying it now. Can we see it? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll pull some strings. Uh, the guys here know me. They're all good guys. Uh, I can get I can get that footage for you. How long has that body been there? Three months. What was it still doing there? I don't know. Some things just get lost in the shuffle, you know. He was a nobody. He just worked at a Promethean University, uh, some teacher's aide. Uh, didn't have any family relatives, and he just got lost in the shuffle, I guess. But he obviously didn't have anything still on him. Not that I know of. Like he wasn't wearing any clothes or anything? No, uh, I guess we have uh, I guess we have his personal effects, and uh, in evidence. 
sure I could dig them up for you. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, he opens the door, <coughs> and through the door you see, like, the linoleum, sterile environment of a morgue. Uh, he kind of holds it open. You want to come in? Sure. Haven't been to a morgue yet. Why not? I assume everybody goes in. Esther doesn't just immediately walk in with everybody else. She kind of, like, takes a beat, and then she follows in. Okay. And then Javi follows in behind you. Um, like I said, it is linoleum. It is white. You see the still gray cabinets uh, where the bodies are stored. You see the freezer where the bodies are stored in deep freeze. Um, it is cold in here which is a stark contrast from the humid heat outside of the summer night. Um, but as you, as you walk in, you see one, uh, I don't want to call him shelf, but I guess one door in the, the thing of many, it's like, it's wrenched from its hinges. Like it, it's hanging at a weird angle. Uh, like it shouldn't open that way um you look around the room really quickly there again a few yellow evidence markers uh and there is a well i guess you came in that door um so yeah you you wouldn't notice this as javi let you in but that door that you came in was also kind of wrenched in a weird way Javi, like, when he opened it, it kind of drug across the, the gravel of the alleyway. Um, but anyways, you, you're now in this morgue. Have you seen the video of someone, of the person coming in here? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't been in there yet. I've been uh, looking at all this. Uh, but it looks like our, our suspect came in through this door. He punched a door he just came in. Uh, looks like he forced his way in. Uh, then came right here, and he points to the door that is kind of wrenched from its hinges, the, the morgue uh, storage unit door. And uh, he knew what he wanted. Uh, he didn't open any of the other doors. He just went seemingly, I haven't seen the evidence or the footage, he seemingly went straight to this and then straight back out. He was a one-stop shopper. Face sends a text to the group. Um, that says the guy who Ren and I chased last night was able to pick up an entire AC unit. He could have certainly opened these doors this way. You all get that text. So Javi thinks it's a little weird that all three of you look at your phones <laughs> at the same time. Esther doesn't <laughs> look at her phone. Um, so he came right in and went to the exact body that he wanted. He didn't have to hunt. Doesn't look like it to me. Looks like opened the door, came here, and now he and the body are gone. So he had knowledge of the morgue before he came. Maybe. Which clearly means that someone told him about the body. Maybe. We could, uh, we could do uh, a search of their logins, uh, see who all was here today. Like to uh, see who scanned it. Do you want to roll and investigate? Yeah. Okay. What are you going to add to it? Um, 
Now, mechanically, your scanner vision is not yeah. burned. But narratively, you said that the lenses are busted. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what, what are you going to add? I should have narratively done this while me and Bill were in the car. But I, I will say like this. I mean, the scanner vision is still broken, but Ren has managed to um, just, like, make a tiny, like, one eye lens. Okay. And so he just kind of, like, flips that down. Okay. So, so you you somehow jury-rigged yeah, your scanner it's, vision. It's jury-rigged. It's not pretty, it, yeah. but it will function. It looks sketch. Okay. So. Do you look like Vegeta, <laughs> Vegeta. from Dragon Ball Z? It's over 9,000! That's rad. Anyways. Uh, and then uh, technopathy to look through the computers and stuff to find the So you're going to log into one of the morgue's computers? Well, I'm so split. I really like want to log into the computer to see if there's like anything more, any additional data or scanner vision. I would say you could do one or one of the other. So do you want to log into the system and look through stuff, or do you want to scan this environment? I'll I'll go ahead and just scan the environment, yeah. Okay. I think that would probably be the most beneficial at this moment. Okay. Go ahead and roll with the plus one. Would the headache go into this, or? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So minus one. So you're rolling with a plus zero. Yep. Okay. That is a six. Six. You scan, you see everything I detailed, uh, but nothing nothing jumps out at you right now. Uh, so Rin kind of walks away while you're having this conversation with Javi. Javi kind of gives him a weird look because he just left in the middle of the conversation. But you know that Rin's doing what he does. He's snooping around. Uh, what are the three of you doing? I mean, we could go look at the uh, the footage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only option at this point. To the footage. Or, uh, he takes you in. Uh, Rin, you join up with him. Uh, but he takes you upstairs to uh, some offices, different things like that. He takes you to a security room. Very typical security room. Like, it has all the screens and everything. And there's a dude sitting at it, security guard. Um, but he walks in. Don't worry, they're with me. Uh, could you give us a room? He gets up and leaves. And then... Javi walks over to uh, the screen that the policeman had been looking at. Uh, he rewinds it to the suspected time of break-in, and then he plays through the clip. Um, you see the morgue. Everything is as it should be. You see a medical examiner looking at a body. Uh, can't tell which one it is, and then they put it up, close it, uh, say something into this little handheld recording device, and set it down, and then they leave. A uh, few minutes pass. Suddenly, in the corner, you see the door leading to the exterior. You see it kind of shudder. And then you see a hand wrap around the frame from the outside, and then another hand wraps around the frame. And you can only imagine the horrible squealing sound the door must make as it is just twisted between these two hands. Uh, A figure steps into the room, uh, Faye and Wren, even though you did not see any details, this body shape matches the one that you have seen. Uh, it is this person in a trench coat, and they have like this wide brim hat covering their face. Uh, they're enormous. Their frame almost doesn't fit through the door. They're hunched over a little bit, but they 
walk in and you see their eyes from underneath the wide brim of their hat. They look to the right. They look to the left. And then uh, with a hand, they reach down to the ground. And then with the other hand, they reach down to the ground. And they're almost like crawling across the ground on all fours. It's this bizarre scene, this huge figure crawling across the ground. But they make their way over to the medical examiner bodies. You see them kind of running their hands across the shelves, uh, their head darting back and forth. And then it zeroes in on one door. With a massive hand, it grabs the door and it scrunches it like it's made of plastic. It tears it from its mooring. It grabs the shelf and it doesn't tear the shelf out. Slowly and carefully, it pulls this thing out. You see this emaciated body in this plastic bag. Um, the, uh, the figure stands there for a second and doesn't move. Then it scoops up this body, and it's stiff and doesn't like fold in its arms, but it picks up this body and then very quickly makes for the door, kicks open the door, and disappears into the night. A few minutes pass, and then you see the metal examiner come back in. He's freaking out, running around, and that's where Javi pauses the recording. He leans back and looks at you. What the hell was that? Hey. Hmm. Do you have the phone number of one of the kids in the apartment? Uh, yeah, of course. You should call them, make sure they're okay. Oh, uh, okay. Faye steps out and makes a call. Uh, the phone is answered and you hear screaming on the other end. What's happening? What's going on? So you scream back into the phone and then you hear X-Man's voice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, guys, calm down, calm down, calm down. Uh, Faye? Miss Carver? Hi. Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We're just... <laughs> Wicked got his hold of this stick. Quit, man. I'm on the phone. Yeah, yeah, man, we're all good. We're just playing. Hey, could you bring us some more Coke? <laughs> sure. Hey, is everybody home tonight? Has anybody left? Hey, yeah, yo. Is everybody here? Has anyone seen Jeff? He's in the bedroom? All right, man, we got to go get him next. Yeah, I think everybody's here. Okay, and nobody left today? No, no, we, we, we've been here. Okay, well, I'll be home in about an hour. I'll bring some Cokes. All right, thanks, thanks. Hey, yo, man, give me that thing! And hangs up. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead to me. That was good, though. That okay. was so bad. So Faye walks back in. Everything's fine. They're idiots, but they're fine. <laughs> Which is why okay. they shouldn't live with us. Okay, you know, not right now. <laughs> Bill, you should probably call Pablo. Dang it, Pedro. <laughs> Let's go that one, man. Billy. <laughs> Call Pedro. Tommy's <laughs> just standing here. We're all making these phones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I need to do anything? What you call? Uh, Yo, yeah, yeah. This, this is Pedro. What's up? Hey. You, uh, you find you find anything? We think so. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it later. You still good? Yeah, yeah, man. I was, I was just about to take a shower. All right. Well, hey, were you were you snooping around my backyard earlier? How how early? How long ago? Like right, right after I got home, man, a nugget was like barking at something. 
Yeah, I was, I was, I was making sure you were good. Oh, um, tight. Yeah, cool. All right, call me if something happens. Yeah, 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 sure. All right, bye. Ren, do you recognize that guy? I mean, he kind of looks like the guy who threw the giant AC unit at me. Um, but I only saw him faintly, and then my memory cuts out as if something large just hit me. Well, something large did hit you. I mean, Harvey, I think we saw this guy last night, but we didn't get any good information from him. You said he hit you with the AC unit? Particularly a rooftop one. Damn. I wonder you look so messed up. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I did just watch this dude open this door up like a can of tuna. But yesterday, the man we were um, around wasn't crawling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't looking for anything. He was running away from us. That's true. That's a good point. And I will say that whenever he picked up the body and left, or whenever they picked up the body and left, they were walking on two legs, not crawling across on their hands and uh, feet. Were his eyes red and glowing? Uh, You cannot see any sort of facial features underneath the... From this... From the, like staticky feed of, you know, this closed-circuit television and the brim of his hat, you couldn't make out any facial features. Did he have the mannerisms of a butcher? (laughs) That's hard to tell. Could we tell if he was, like... Because when he went up to the, like, doors of the different bodies or whatever, uh, he was, like, feeling around. Did it look like he was, like, sniffing? Like, seeking a scent? You can tell. You saw him kind of, it wasn't like he was like touching every single one, but he was just like searching and moving his head yeah. back and forth. Does anybody get a Len vibe from this? Hmm. I feel like we watched a surveillance video in which Len touched everything on a desk. Oh. I mean, he has been manipulated before, or taken control of. Uh. I don't know if it's Lynn. I mean, we could we could check up on him, but I think we're gonna have to go to that university and see what what's happening there. See if maybe that's where the drug supply was coming from or something. I don't. I don't know. Something. It has to do with whatever those drugs were. Yeah. I mean, it also has to do with where the drugs were located. It was in some sort of warehouse that was owned by like a company. I mean, it was like some health company or tech company. I can't even remember. I'm struggling with my memory, if you couldn't tell. What are you talking about? Marcus. He was, like, in a certain, like, there were boxes, and it was, like, tech boxes or, like, Yeah, I, I remember boxes. that case. Uh, cause it, was a, it was a legendary solutions warehouse. One of the, you know, one of the many. They got tons of them all over the city. I mean, Marcus could have gotten connected from the university to Legendary Solutions. I mean, that seems like a stretch. I mean, Drace DeSantos is a philanthropist, and, you know, he throws his money around like it's piss, but I don't know. I don't see him, like, having What would he need with a university, you know? What's the money in that? Where's the money in the university? 
uh, yeah. recruitment. They got money at universities. I guess. So if you need to recruit a smart young man to run an operation, uh-huh. why not find somebody saddled up with debt? So you're going to go investigate the university. I'll go see if I can pull uh, Malcolm's effects from evidence. I'll let you know when uh, when it happens, but uh, give me in the loop because we're all in this. Together. I wasn't going to say that high school musical. We're all in this together. Sorry. So do y'all leave the room or what do y'all do? Esther, yeah, Esther leaves. Okay. Can uh, can you get a copy of that to Ren, that video, so he could maybe uh, enhance it or? Do oh something? yeah, sure. Pulls out a steel notebook, writes it down, closes it. Yeah, I'll go right on that. All right. Thank you. Okay. And then just I walk out. Okay. Faye walks out, and as she's walking out, we're gonna need to stop by the store before you drop us off. <laughs> The kids need some supplies. Esther? Do they really need more Coke? I mean... You're worried about them eating chips and Coke all day, but you keep supplying it. <laughs> I, I know. So their, their conversation trails down the hallway. Ren, do you leave after him? Uh, I'll say that Ren lingers and then... Like, places his hand on the monitor or on the uh, tower and attempting to, like, absorb. Oh, like, you can make a copy of it yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So, you've done technopathy before, like, with the uh, the door buzzer for the apartment, but we didn't mm-hmm. really describe what it was. So, we see Rin place his hand on the tower of the CPU unit, and we see, like like circuitry uh, light up uh, like I don't know if you've ever watched the Batman Beyond series whenever he's like doing stuff when we see like the red lines come out from his fingertips or like his suit or anything but they're blue and they kind of trail down the outside of the CPU unit uh, Rin's eyes close and we see the circuits in his head were a little bit the circuitry recedes into his hand then he pulls his hand back and Javi's just kind of looking at you but you now have a, a copy of this footage. Do you turn to Javi and say, you can mark that off your list yeah. now? <laughs> I was hoping you would. I've taken care, care of it for you, so don't worry about it. Oh, well, all right. And Rin leaves. And Javi stands up and kind of stretches, and we hear like his back crack a little bit. He runs his aged hands through his hair. <sighs> Morty, I wish you were here. You would... You know what to do right now. <laughs> Reminds me of back in the day when any Javi pauses for a second. And we as the audience see like blood trickle out of his nose. And he, he wipes it away really quick and looks at his hand. <laughs> Damn, nose bleeds. Alright, need to find a tech guy. And he walks out the door and down the hall the opposite direction. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Missed Conceptions. We will be back with our next episode after the new year. If you have Facebook or Twitter, you can find us on both of those platforms where you can get up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes videos, and behind-the-scenes pictures, or you can just chat with us because we like you and we're friendly people. 
We also have a Gmail, misconceptionspod at gmail.com. You can email us any requests, questions, or fan theories you have there. Please support us on Patreon. All the proceeds that you give us go into making this show better. For example, the trip we're taking this weekend is going to be paid by our lovely Patreons. So if you want to help make this show better and help us be able to keep doing what we're doing, please follow that link in the description and support us through that. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music is composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. I did forget to mention at the top of the show that we have a geek out during the credit session at the end of this outro, so please stick around for that discussion about what just happened in these past few episodes. That is all for me this week. We will see you after the new year. Have a wonderful holiday season. Hang out with the people that you love. And remember, keep it nerdy, y'all. people serious stuff screw you david all right let's do a geek out during the credit session how was that episode for y'all guys or do we want to jump right into the uh, the questions it was, it was a really good kids screen it was a movie trope and i hate <laughs> yeah. you for it but it was i was so my mad. gosh my whole i don't even know these kids they're not real and my whole <laughs> thing was like I will kill the entire world. <laughs> I will burn this well, what city made, to the ground. What made Ren, like all of us, not Ren, sorry, Bill, I'm all of a sudden of a... be like, oh my gosh, we got to check on the kids. Because since the person wasn't showing up to kidnap or to mess with Pablo, Pablo Pedro, Pedro. Pedro. see, that's why I paused it. Since he wasn't showing up to mess with Pedro, I was like, man, all right, well. So he's got anyway, so he's, to be somewhere doing something, and so I was like, you know, this this player knowledge, this show is about drama, <laughs> and uh, I mean it's about a lot of things. But I was like, well, you know, it would really suck if the kids that Tessa's trying to protect, Artie, Artie, come, who are home alone. Are, are like they are the most defenseless people that I can think of, and so I was like, "Oh crap!" Like it all just went. Yeah, I you know I knew nothing was going on with them, but as soon as you were like, "We need to call the kids," I was like, "Oh, please <laughs> do! I want to mess with you so much." That was good. Yeah, that was lots of fun. My heart was beating really fast as I was doing that because <laughs> I knew it would upset y'all. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? More mysteries. I liked the walking across. Hey, what are you All barking the at? Mysteries. I liked the walking across the roof on like the, yeah, the bridge cool. forming as you're walking. Yeah. I could just picture that. And you're all just like arguing with each other. Yeah, that was really cool. And it's just casual. Right. Yeah. Be-
Yeah. I have many theories. Uh huh. No, but do you want to posit any of them? Well, I don't know. They would be like player knowledge and not character knowledge. It's after the credits. Okay. Yeah. So player knowledge. Been reading City Miss book to prep for being an MC. Um. And there are these things called gatekeepers. I'm not going to look at David because <laughs> I don't want to. Like, I can keep a poker face. Okay, but there's these thing called these things called gatekeepers that basically like protect rifts. Um, if I understand it correctly, but I was just reading the page this week. But I'm wondering if it has any connection to like James' mom and Marty, Mar- Morty, Marty, Morty. Morty dying and everything and that like the fact that Javi's mind literally stopped thinking and like James's mind has literally stopped thinking and I wonder if they have something to do with it so they've stopped thinking like when they were thinking about the person who had died Uh like the thought process stopped like their nose blood the thought process stopped and they redirected you said Javi did it, and who else was the other person? Well, I said James because James has no recollection. Yeah, of his mom. Y'all, I don't you, remember. You were the saying Lynn. Yeah, Lynn did not have a nosebleed. Who did have a nosebleed? James. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so you were right. Mm. Yeah. So eventually, we'll have to figure that out as characters. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because now we think it's Lynn. But we, but didn't, we, but we, didn't, but we didn't, didn't see the nose. Yeah, the players, the players know about it, but right. characters, you have no idea what Javi did once you left the room. Do we know that James's nose blood? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was when you were talking to him, yeah? Okay. Or when Esther was talking to him. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Esther was talking to him about his oh mom. Oh, my God, they've gotten Esther, too. And then they were like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Esther tries to remember talking to James and her nose bleeds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's... That's one of my theories. Okay. I'm still developing a couple of yeah. those. Yeah, anything else you want to talk about in this episode? This recording session doesn't just have to be this episode. Feels good to be back. It does feel good to be back. I'm glad we're all friends and we're all here together. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we're all friends again and that's going to be like one I'm glad we're all friends again. <laughs> Maybe stop being friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that uh, we're bringing... Marcus back into it. Well, in a sense. <laughs> he's dead and drained. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like dead and gone, obviously, but I mean, that was like one of the first sessions. Right. It was It was T- the first session. back into. Yeah. Those first three episodes were all about we never Pedro did fig- and Marcus. We never did figure out where the drugs were coming from. Yeah. We found we where they were being out, stashed. You never figure out who sniped him. Right. Who he was working for. What his holy war was all about. Right. Yeah. It's like that yeah. wild quest that you started in Goldshire and then you just kind of <laughs> left there. And then now we're just coming back to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm bringing it all back to the mystery that started it all. Or at least I'm trying to. Get out of here with your creative writing. I'm sorry. I like to, I like to create. All right. But do we want to, let's answer some, uh, some geek out during the credit sessions. Yeah. Questions. Yeah. Who wants to go first with geek out during the credit? Ren. I Oh, hey, whatever. Oh, good. Bill, were you going you for Bill? Cycled through so many names, and none of them were right. I have a condition. Yes. How has the crew grown this session? Uh, so that is, how did you fill out the finding out the truth is more important than our personal issues? 
There is what character has had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session. Which of your themes is under the most strain? If it collapses, what new aspect will show up in its place? Um, and it, it says you can answer one or more of the following questions. So I guess if like we come up with a question that we can represent mechanically, we could do that. Uh, okay. Um, I think I want to answer the first one. Okay. How's how your crew, crew growing? So that so is how. A, how have you? How have you? followed the identity finding out the truth is more important than our personal issues can I do like a hurt side of that sure I would love to crack your crew theme <laughs> because I don't well, think y'all use it and I think we could come up with a better one because I think that we are showing through the way that we're living that it doesn't necessarily and okay. so like for instance I am very distracted I mean, not whenever I'm with them and doing stuff, but otherwise, I don't... With your personal mission. Right, my personal mission. Yep. It's not not that I don't care about the greater conspiracy, but it does not have all my energy. And I think we could all say the same thing, you know. Uh, I was going to say, Tessa has kids. No, uh, Faye has the children she's taking care of, which inadvertently impacts Esther, but she's also having to worry about James and the bar and, like, mm -hmm. Rin's mm -hmm. having to worry about his company and his fledgling, odd romance thing that's happening. Yeah. And fixing his brain and so like we're not we seem disheveled and and though we're pursuing things we're not like a well-oiled conspiracy busting machine we are much more individuals and rightly so who are trying to bust a conspiracy when we can mm, when you have time for it right when it fits into our schedule yeah Which we, we are never. we are I mean, we are putting it, it's, it's pretty close to the forefront of our priorities, but there are things that stop it and hinder it. And it's, it's not like, it's not really the thing in our yeah. life. So that's, that's kind of what I think about yeah. that. Okay. I totally agree. I think that's a good point. Who wants to go next? Um, can we all put a crack in that crew theme? <laughs> if, if, if you want to, right. sure. So what, what would you add to it? Let me tell you. Um, I mean, because I, I definitely think at the beginning we were into the conspiracy of, like, there's something bigger going on um, and trying to explore it. But I feel like, um, like, even with Ren being, um, that even with Ren being, like, conspiracy focused and, like, into hacking and stuff, uh, like even his hacking and like wanting to find this like deeper truth about the city um i mean even that's gone on the wayside yeah definitely uh and so i i definitely think like with that going on the wayside individually i mean it's pretty clear that it's the kind of the same theory that's um prevailed itself throughout the entire crew okay so you want to mark a crack in the conspiracy busters theme yep okay uh, and actually, Jaime, you're going to have to make a nemesis roll uh, for me for Jesse. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Carrie. Uh, I, Esther hasn't really been using her um, owl ring a whole lot. Um, she's been really distracted with like real life and the bar and stuff. And so... Um, 
I don't really know how that plays into all of this. Um, I guess I guess that's under the most strain. It's, I don't really think I'm in danger of losing it yet, but it just hasn't gotten a lot of my attention. Like, everybody's all into, like, finding their mystery and stuff, which Esther's about, but she's just so bogged down by, like, the real life of everything with, like, this bar has to be successful and, like, there are children living next door to me now that I'm... Whether I want to admit it or not, I'm responsible for in some way. And so, like, just, I don't know, real life's kind of weighing her down a little bit. So Okay, so you you need to answer the question of if your Al theme collapses, if you lose that aspect of yourself, what will show up in its place? A crotchety old woman. I don't know. So, like, if, if you lose your Al ring... One, you'd become a sleeper. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, and then it's just this, like, old, like, work well, you wouldn't sleep. be old. Well, I know, but it, the idea of, like, all you do is work and sleep and, you know. Okay. So, turn that crew, sorry, turn that uh, theme over to the back, and there should be something called the flip side, mm-hmm. uh, and write down your, your answer to that. Tessa, do you want to go? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do the which of the themes is under the most strain, uh-huh. which is my mythos. Um, yes. Did I do this last time? No, you did not. I don't think we haven't actually had a geek out during the credits since we started okay. this season. Okay. I've just been yeah. stressing about it a lot, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if I lose this mythos, I become a sleeper, mm-hmm. um, which is also terrifying. So... I'm kind of thinking moving forward that I'm going to work to crack the teacher for change um, and replace that theme with a mythos so that when my nature is a friend. So this isn't necessarily what will happen if you lose your nature theme. This is how do I prevent (laughs) you want to look at what will happen if you lose your teacher for change. Yeah. Okay. So what will happen? What what new theme, what new power will pop up in, in your in that place? I don't know. Um I've kind of been think thinking about it a lot and I'm gonna have to look in the book more. Um it'll still need to relate to Maid Mary in some way, but I'm kind of interested in becoming a little bit more combat esque, uh, for lack of a better word, because it does greatly hurt me so what so maid marion she's connected to nature so something something that would have to do with more combat yeah yeah just because every time we like have a thing i'm always like and i stand in the corner okay so So. on the flip side of teacher for change i guess write more combat power cool okay and now jaime you have a nemesis she is still out there in the world stalking you whether you realize it or not her name is Jessie. It has been one, two, three sessions since she last showed up. So go ahead and roll 2d6 plus three. Let's see what you get. Oh, 14. <laughs> okay. So on a 10 plus, one of your nemesis will overwhelm you or get the drop on you in the what? next session. I thought I rolled really well. Yeah, but it's really bad. So, <laughs> when the MC introduces... It's my only role. <laughs> when the MC introduces your nemesis, 
She also gets to make a move on you as if you missed a player move. I'm going to destroy her. Wow. Wait, can you explain like the tiers of that? Like if he had rolled a one through five. Uh, one through five, your nemesis is nowhere, cannot be found. If she rolled a seven through nine, which is what you rolled last time, I can introduce them. But if I do introduce Why them, so they don't get the drop on you. But with the 10 plus, they do get the drop on you. So, huh. if I introduce Jesse next session, she gets rolled, to just wreck you. I haven't rolled anything below a seven. There we go. Yeah. And also, a nemesis, like, can't... You can defeat them and, like, oh, they're gone, but, like, they'll come back somehow. So you can't permanently remove them unless you do a, uh, a moment of evolution, which is like a narrative way. How do you resolve your nemesis? Hmm. But anyways, let's geek out during the credits. Good session, everybody. See you next time. Woo. Woo. End Woo. of episode. Watch this, my friend.